0: with Custodians of the Planet. Custodians of the Planet brings consciousness to environmental issues and looks at different perspectives regarding the tensions and harmony of human activities in a changing climate. All the things we have been talking about on this season of Custodians of the Planet has been interesting, it has been meaningful, it has even been inspiring. But has it ever been funny? Our content can be altogether mostly varying and confronting. But maybe laughter is the secret to surviving tough times. Scientifically, we know that laughter is a powerful force. When we laugh, our bodies release endorphins and dopamine, nature's feel-good chemicals. This makes us better to cope with stress, find hope, and even see problems in new ways. So, for the end of Season 1, we wanted to finish off with someone who uses humor as a tool to communicate climate breakdown. Today, Izzy Phillips joins us. Izzy is a comedian, performer, and writer based in Sydney. Izzy's work uses comedy to explore contemporary culture, youth politics, and Australian identity. Moreover, Izzy is one of the co-founders of Hiccup, a new creative collective in Sydney. This year, Hiccup hosted a sustainable live art party, as well as eco-conscious artists and performance. Izzy, welcome to Custodians of the Planet.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell us a bit about your journey? What got you up in comedy?
1: So when I was a kid, I always loved performing and doing little things like little sketches and things like that. And I did drama when I was growing up. And when I went to uni, I thought that I wanted to do acting. But when I got to uni, I got involved with this sketch comedy thing at the University of Sydney called Reviews. And they have an interesting history in kind of Sydney and Australian comedy, like The Chaser did them and Aaron Chen and a lot of other emerging comedians have done reviews. So I got involved in doing that and I realised that I didn't want to be an actor, I wanted to do comedy because Mm. I love the the control and autonomy you have over uh, what you write and what you perform, the fact that it's quite immediate. You can see something or read something in the news and then you can write a sketch or you can write a joke or do stand-up about it that evening in the way that I found that drama didn't allow me to respond to. So I was doing that and then I also did some improv at Sydney Uni as well. So that's kind of where I cut my chops out mm. in comedy.
0: Cool. Were you funny as a kid or is this something that has evolved once time? Yeah, <laughs> no, I always, I always was
1: a bit, of a, a bit of a joker, a bit of a prankster. I always like to be, yeah, the funny one in in my friendship group and and have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, for
0: sure. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Talk to me about Hiccup. What is it and how did you guys come with this initiative? So Hiccup is a creative
1: collective that looks at partnering music and art with a purpose. So Hiccup is kind of in two parts. We look at soft activism, so we hold events where we engage artists or musicians working in the climate space, whether they care really deeply about the climate crisis, whether they're making art about the impacts, whether they're using sustainable or recycled materials. And then we create a space that's multi-sensory that has artwork about the climate crisis, but you can kind of come in and have a dance and engage with climate issues in a positive way. I know for me, something that I really struggle with is when I think about the climate, I can get really despondent and upset and depressed and switch off. So we wanted to create a space where you could come in and engage and learn through art and through music in a way that didn't make you feel horrible about everything. So there's that aspect, and then all of the ticket sales from the event goes towards green organisations doing impactful work on the front line. So it's combining this kind of soft activism of knowledge sharing and engagement and then also hard activism of giving money to groups lobbying or kind of doing um, regeneration
0: or anything like that put into action exactly oh wow that's great yeah when I first saw it I was like that's what we need like we just need to find ways to incorporate these issues in a fun a bit more engaging way absolutely yeah I think
1: the arts has a way to move someone away a statistic can't Mm -hmm. and I think that to make actual change we need everybody and we need everybody's skills Um, and that's how we're going to make change is by everyone doing their bit and that's how it kind of came for me for Hiccup for example me and myself Sam we were working on this event and we saw all this plastic waste at the end of the event and it was kind of small like it wasn't a huge impact event and we just thought oh my god This is one event in Sydney. These are happening every weekend all over the world. This isn't okay. So we wanted to do something in response to that. And I think that by doing something in response and using your skills, that's also how you can feel better. I know for a long time, uh, so my housemate works in clean energy. My other housemate's a scientist, and for a long time, I felt excluded from making any impact in the climate or environmental space because I lacked the traditional skills to make that impact. But I realised that you can make impact in so many other ways, and yeah, we we you don't need have to everyone. Be though, exactly, yeah. Yeah. but scientists need artists to communicate their findings. Mm, so true. everybody needs to work together. And when I found that out I realized that I felt so empowered to use my own skills as a writer Mm. working with different artists and facilitating spaces for other artists to make work and using those skills
0: yeah you said when I think about climate change and I want to explore that a bit more so when you think about climate change what is the first thing that comes to your mind
1: when I think about it it's less of a thought and more of a feeling It's a feeling that makes me. It's kind of in my stomach or in my throat, and it kind of feels all clenched up because I I feel so overwhelmed by it. I feel so overwhelmed that it's just all going to go wrong, and we can't make change. And sometimes I get so worked up by it that it feels too much. But I think that um, when you are active and you do things, it can make it better. I think you know having hope hope is active and to be able to have hope we need to be able to go out and and do things to make ourselves feel better
0: yeah yeah that's beautifully said that's true it's a team play basically Mm. so as a comedian and a writer if you had a superpower that could change one thing in the environmental realm what would it be
1: i would this is kind of boring, but I would have I would, my power would be to turn back time and make governments listen to scientists when we <laughs> discovered global warming and heat rising in the late sixties and early seventies. Yeah. That's what I would do because we had the chance i mean it's been the writing's been <laughs> on the wall since you know the late sixties <laughs> early
0: seventies yeah, it's been there, it's yeah, been there. mm. Hmm, interesting What would you do? I don't know why I haven't thought about it I write the question <laughs> that's, that's a bit weird um, Let me think I think I would do something Related to inequality To reduce and diminish Yeah Among people and among like other species mm. Probably I would do something like I think I would change the industrial revolution Yeah And I don't know people would have a bit more, like, ecocentric views and perception instead of just, like, dominating everything.
1: Yeah. So Maybe we could just skip the Industrial Revolution and just jump straight to solar. <laughs> Invent solar <laughs> in, like, the 1800s straight away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> or bring back endangered or extinct species. That would be cool.
0: Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you mean, like, dinosaurs or, yeah.
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> how far? <fun>? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, things that have been, like, from climate change. Well, koalas yeah. are practically extinct, yeah. um, which is really sad because they're so beautiful.
0: Yeah. And, like, there are many creatures we don't even know. How yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because in Europe, there used to be a lot of wildlife presence, like, Lions and tigers, all these beautiful big cats, and right now there's none anymore. Anyway. Mm. And what makes Australia really special for me because it's a still new continent, there's still a lot of wild species. Yet, the pressure from human settlement as well as climate change right now, Australia leads in extinction rates, so it's yeah. like it's, it's really hard to watch. But I mean, I think. I think there's still hope for Australia. Yeah. Like for Europe, it's too late. Yeah. They've gone already. Mm. But for Australia, we still have time. I don't know. We need a superpower, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we need a superpower. So you have your own way to communicate this existential crisis. And I wonder what you think about the role of humor in addressing climate change.
1: I think that if we don't laugh, we will cry. I think humour is so important mm-hmm. as a way to talk about things that might be hard to address or difficult to think about. Um, I know earlier this year I did a performance and used I used ASMR as a tool to unpack some of the impacts that we would experience under a changing climate. Mm-hmm. And I people really engaged with it and really enjoyed it and it was so heartwarming to hear this feedback after it because I know sometimes you know when you're reading an article it's like oh this will happen this will happen you know x X stat here x stat here
0: yeah
1: Um, I think when you personalize it and you kind of make it funny and you can engage with it in a new way it makes you see it in a new way that perhaps you couldn't see it before as a, as a statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about engaging with climate in a way that doesn't make you feel despondent and shut down. And I think that's why comedy is such an important tool mm. that we use when we're talking about this because if we don't laugh about it and see that there's still happiness and hope, we'll just cry and shut down and we won't be able to fix anything because we'll all be too depressed.
0: Yeah. I feel like society has reached the point where the scientific discussions and conversations can be ineffective as we can see. Yet we still don't look up for new ways and comedy is underutilized. In the yeah. context of climate change, like it could be it could be a powerful tool. For example While I was preparing this interview, I was looking for climate change comedy and, you know, couldn't find much, to be honest.
1: I don't know any other comedians in the climate space in Sydney. There might be... In Australia, there's... I I mean, (laughs) I don't know of anybody else doing it. Um, Mm. But that's probably because it it feels scary. I know Mm. sometimes when I'm doing climate stuff, I feel a responsibility to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's I think if you're going to talk about an issue particularly in comedy you have a platform and that microphone gives you it amplifies you and it gives you that platform and if you're going to use that space you have to be aware of the impact of what you're saying yeah. so when I am making jokes about it I have to be aware of how that can be interpreted, how that might make other people feel, and I feel the responsibility, particularly because nobody else is saying it. So I'm kind of becoming one of the only planet <laughs> <climate laughs> comics working in this space. But this it's crazy
0: also, woman, just I know, <laughs> I know. But
1: that's also really exciting because it means yeah. that it's it's new and it's fresh, and it means that people are going, "Oh, whoa, I've never seen this before."
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which is also for me incredibly exciting to do something and make people think in a way that they haven't been challenged to think when it comes to going to a comedy night you know on a Wednesday night down in a pub in Sydney and me Mm. talking about the impacts of warming and making them laugh that's really fun for me
0: yeah what would be the difference for you between a normal conversation with a maid talking about climate change again but it's just the normal chat you know with friends and a conversation with audience where you you are on a stage and using humour could you identify any differences in responses or in general?
1: I'm a lot more honest with how I'm feeling in that you know, I get really upset about the impacts and I have a group of friends that also feel the way that I do and we really support each other around this. So, for example, I have one of my friends. She's an an artist and a writer as well and we were feeling really bad about the fires in New South Wales and Queensland as well we thought okay how about we make an advent calendar coming up to Christmas and then every day is something you can do to reduce your impact or an experience or a gift that you can give that won't contribute to you know further perpetuating impacts of climate change Um, so talking to my friends about it we support each other to feel better Mm -hmm. Um, but when I'm performing climate comedy I kind of can't show that I feel that because well I feel like I can't show that because I think that if somebody else is feeling that I don't want to make them feel worse I want to try and make them feel better and so I have to (laughs) kind of put that side of my myself to the side and and be upbeat and happy about it and hopefully make them feel better
0: yeah and I think like comedy or using humor can lower defenses of people yeah. instead of because sometimes, especially, I'm struggling when I'm talking with my pet like my friends, I don't want to point out the stuff they're doing. Yeah, that's not the intention anyway, but everyone is so sensitive. It's mm. like, um, but when you make a joke or like something, it's just like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, I think <laughs> comedy
1: is an amazing tool to bring people together, you know. I think about the Christmas bonbons and you no. pull them apart and then inside they've got really really bad jokes but the most beautiful thing is that everybody knows that they're bad and that's funny and it brings everybody together um, yeah. so
0: yeah it's really it's really great <laughs> yeah have you ever come across with a climate denier in your performance and how do you combat heckling
1: i've been lucky that i haven't had that much heckling when i've been performing comedy but after hiccup we were bumping out of the space so you know it had been a a big night i was like very tired from like doing this big event and then the next day we were kind of you know taking we had big nets up around the ceiling and yeah. we didn't use any They're really
0: ca- cool nets by the <laughs> <Thank> way <you. laughs> they were
1: um recycled from a vineyard that we got yeah. and you know we didn't use um any plastic or plastic free event or any cable ties so I had this biodegradable string that I had tied the nets up everywhere around the ceiling and I was like oh my god anyway so we were quite fatigued and there was uh, the next morning we had people come in they were just kind of um local customers of the space was in a pub Mm -hmm. and um one of the guys who probably would have been about 65 asked me what the event was the night before and I said oh you know it's um it's like a climate party you know we have got music and artists and um to raise awareness around climate change and also to raise money for green organizations and he was an absolute climate denier and started just tearing into me about how I need to learn my facts about how you know I haven't you know I haven't lived as long as he has in Australia to know because you know I'm 23 and I you know I'm not 65 so I I couldn't have been around to see the fact that the climate's always been changing and was incredibly
0: aggressive and I think at that point have you tried to talk or you just ignore just like Um, Because sometimes it's just waste of energy. Yeah,
1: I think for that man, no matter what I said to him, I wouldn't be able to change his mind. Yeah. So it's good to know when to let let
0: them go. You know, just
1: yeah, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And I just had to say to him, okay, um, I don't (laughs) think we'll agree with this. Have a good rest of your morning. And I just had to leave it there and just keep on doing my own thing but it really affected me it made me incredibly upset particularly because it was right after we had just done this amazing event to raise awareness around changing climate but I think in those moments you just have to kind of shake your head and just hope that other people I mean I think this is the thing climate deniers take up so much space and I think they have to be a minority surely they have to be yeah. a minority of people that are just taking up so much air time and so a lot of the time i just try to not engage with it because they're just wrong
0: yeah yeah no sometimes you just gotta know when to let yes them out, you know? exactly yeah do you have any comedians that you admire or any recommendations for our listeners to find out more about climate change comedy you yes. said there's none in Sydney, but what about internationally Are there? Any- I have not. I haven't
1: seen any other comedians kind of playing in this space. I'm sure there would have to be somebody else out there, you know, just like me, somewhere in the world, <laughs> making jokes about this and trying to make us feel better about it. But in Sydney, I haven't really found anyone else in the climate comedy space. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite comedians would be Tom Walker. He's a Sydney comedian. I remember I saw him. I was like nineteen, and he's he plays a, he does a lot of alternative comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the first time I had seen comedy in a way where I was like, "Oh, I feel like this guy thinks about things the way that my brain thinks about things. Mm-hmm. And um it kind of gave me it ga- seeing him almost gave myself permission to be able to get up and do things. Cause a lot of the time I thought comedy was just stand up was just kind of doing, you know, mm-hmm. a tight five of jokes. But seeing him was a really a kind anxiety. of pivotal moment for mm-hmm. me. I was like, oh, I can just get up and just play around yeah. and have a, have a
0: yeah. laugh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, is there anything you want to share with us? Do you have any upcoming performances or hiccup events?
1: Yeah, I try and gig as much as I can around Sydney. So um, I have a Instagram and Facebook page which is just my name, Izzy Phillips. So I'll post about gigs that I do. And yeah, we've got some parties coming up over the summer with hiccup as well as some workshops. So we're looking at doing some things like how to greenify your home if you're a renter. So for example, housing affordability is a big issue and I know that for me, like I can't afford to put solar panels on my house yeah. so yeah. how can you you know spend fifty dollars go to bunnings greenify your home reduce your energy output and also save some money so we'll be doing things like that sort
0: of practical and like- yeah
1: practical skills that you can do oh, cool. um because i think that that's what it all comes down to is that we have to be active and we have to be using our skills whether that be if you're a writer if you're a photographer if you know you're a slam poet whatever it is that you you do and whatever it is your skills are use those skills to talk mm-hmm. about the impacts of climate change and and to make impact within your own community because i think you'd be surprised how much you know your own personal community will respond to you using your skills to make change and mm-hmm. by getting active that can give you hope for a future under our changing climate.
0: Tell me, how did you prepare that tattoo? A performance. At yeah, so that LA's. was really
1: exciting. So, mm-hmm. um, at Sydney Comedy Festival, uh, earlier this year, I did a show called ASMR Live, and it was a comedy show, and I kind of used some ASMR to do some, you know, funny things. But then it was also kind of pivoted into a more traditional sketch and stand-up show. Mm-hmm. And one of the curators at TED saw this and invited me to create a performance for TEDx youth Sydney and I thought oh this is so great and I think it comes back to the fact that I I felt this huge responsibility because I'd been given this platform that I would be able to you know say something using ASMR so that's when I decided to make a climate ASMR piece Mm. about the impacts of climate change I mean you say and it sounds absolutely bonkers and it's because it is but it well, was. I think
0: it was quite powerful. Yeah, um, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's
1: funny when I tell people that that's what I did it about. They always are just so baffled that I am mm. using ASMR and comedy and talking about climate. It's such a bizarre mm. mix, but it's fun. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying that yeah. we've got to we've got to talk about it in new ways because the ways that we've been talking haven't been working right i mean yeah, we've true. just been saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it again Since and 60s yeah and <laughs> and no one's listening so we've got to use new ways to talk about it
0: yeah and new ways of thinking and yeah exactly i'd like to thank you for coming here and make this episode really special thank
1: you so much for having me It's great talking by. to you <laughs>
0: Warning bells, warning bells,
1: ringing everywhere, telling us it's time to act, there's no time to spare. CO2, fossil fuels, the food we throw away, tales of endless growth have led us all astray. Sustainability unending. To reckless green. A green economy. All the things we need.
0: For this episode, I'd like to say special thanks to Rachel Raymond for editing the script and Christian Fortes for his technical support. This is the end of season one and it's been a great season and we learned a lot. We're really excited for season two. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And all we want for Christmas and New Year is a sustainable planet. I'm Dana Zildes. Thank you for listening and see you in Season 2. The Climactic Collective